Welcome, you're listening to the Leading O Podcast. My name is VJ Williams here with my friend and pastor, Kevin Jack. Thank you for joining us, taking time out of your day to become better leader, doing something different today. Uh, we'd love for you to subscribe uh, on your favorite podcast platform uh, right now. But hey, listen, we're going to get right into it. Uh, we've got a new series, right, Kevin? New series. New series. Uh, and it's it's going to be interesting. A lot of content, but a lot of really cool stuff. It's uh, seven uh, leadership lessons. Uh, and I already forgot the title. Seven so, conversations. Seven, for seven conversations lever- leadership lessons. About seven leadership lessons. And uh, why, why this? Let's start there. Why this? Why now? Seven conversations that we're going to have yeah. about seven leadership lessons. Let's just start there. I was uh, I was asked to do uh, a talk uh, for group and say like, hey, you got 30 minutes. We want you to share the top seven leadership lessons you have learned in your life. That's in like tall order. Yeah. And if I could say like I didn't want to I wanted to thoroughly avoid all of the first off, I want I wanted to thoroughly avoid everything that was just like spiritual if that i know that sounds like really bad yeah. at first but say like it was the top seven leadership lessons not the top seven lessons i've learned in right. my life but as i was putting them down and so i'm trying to avoid everything cliche everything that's been said before stuff that was really that i had felt inexperienced is say like hey these things aren't like they don't work that well and i'll still give the talk that they asked but they don't really work that well just like here's the point Two illustrations, move on, because that's all you really have time to do if you're sharing seven lessons yeah. in 30 minutes. Yeah. And so I just really want to, I'm grateful we did it like this. I'm really, I just really want to have a conversation yeah. on these different pieces and say like, hey, this is, this is how this functions. This is how I came to this conclusion. And this is how we experience it in our life today. That's awesome. So this format is a lot different than we do content in yeah. general. Um, obviously, we're facing each other, which is just <laughs> I'm not used to looking at you this long, man. I know, which is hilarious because if you go back to the first like 15, 20 episodes, this is how we kind of did it. Yep. Um, So it's a little, uh, little, little, you know, kind of how we started. But uh, I think the cool thing is here is uh, like we don't have the computers in front of us because I mean, generally we want to be very pointed in our. I'm usually loaded down with content. And we want to be pointed in the conversation because 20 minutes, 20 minutes. To become a better leader, yep. we want to be respectful of people's times, and we want to make sure that we're right to the to the point. But in this scenario, it's a little bit different. So, for this first top lesson, yep, what are we going to learn? So, a uh, story that got into it is um, every I've served at what is technically four churches now. In like full time, uh, the first church kind of became the second church, which is a much longer story. Yeah, on there, but uh, but every single time I served, like when I when I left, I had a sense of obviously haven't left here. Uh, I had a sense of like I I had done what I was supposed to do, but there was still so much more work to do, and it was interesting because I just assumed that was normal. I just assume like that's how everyone felt when they left a position that they were in. And then I started uh, I started just over the years looking at conversations with other pastors in particular who had left just because those are my people. Yeah. Like that's my group. And as I was talking to these other people, uh, I kept hearing this thing of like people would say, I'm done. I'm done. I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know where to take it. And I just, like had this thought of like I always knew 
where I wanted to take it. I always knew what else I wanted to see happen. Like I, I may have had a sense that I was being released from the work that I was in, but it wasn't because I didn't see the more work that needed to be done, if that makes sense. And I just had this realization that, um, and so here's kind of how I phrased it as a leadership lesson, is the only way to make it work is to lead as if you're going to be there forever. Yeah. And whenever people say like their current role, it, I think it's perfectly acceptable to say like, I think I'll be there for two years or I think I'll be there for four years or a decade or whatever that is. But the problem becomes is when you start leading with that end date in mind, you actually don't tackle the problems that need to be tackled because they feel like so much work for the time frame that you're going to give to those people. Yeah. Does that make sense just initially? Yeah, absolutely. Like, and so like, I, I just realized that there are people who, and I've, I've seen this play out from a spectator standpoint, and I've seen this play out of entering into different places. I would say like the most important work that needs to be done people don't want to do because the best way to advance and move forward often is just simply don't ruffle feathers make some slight improvements and then you move on to the next position which is a promotion yeah and people are unwilling to tackle the hard work that is actually what is most beneficial to the organization and to the people that they lead because they're leading with their end date in mind instead of the thought that they're going to be there forever yeah, so I, the the question for someone who's might be listening right now would be, you said it's perfectly acceptable to go in knowing that you might be there for a certain amount of time, but you also need to go in as if yeah. you're going to be there forever. Yes. How? How do you do that? Because they completely contradict each other the way it sounds. Yeah. No, I, I get that entirely. I, I think it's like, I think it's delusional to think you're going to be somewhere forever. Okay, but you better lead like you're going to be there forever. Delusional for you or delusional for people that for you. Okay. Yeah. I meant for Kevin Jack. Well, here's the thing. Like my my first assignment, I thought I was going to be there forever. Right. My second assignment, I thought I was going to be there forever. My third assignment, I thought I was going to be there. Forever. It's only at this point in time that I'm like, I don't know. Like, well, I think that came with experience, though. Yeah. And so I would say, how do I say, like, I'm, I'm feeling really mature as I'm about to hit 40. Like, <laughs> I feel like I've like the gray hairs are starting to show uh, and stuff okay like that. that. Yeah. But like, there's that. I, I really do believe that of to say, if I knew what I knew now, I would have known at 22, I wasn't going to be there forever. It wouldn't have changed how I led. And so it's like that dual thing of to go, I think it's okay to be aware that the spot that you're in isn't going to be forever. But if you lead as if it's not forever, you're not going to do what's best. So, so let me just ask this then. If you, uh, it, it, do you think it's healthy going in knowing that you're not going to be there forever? Oh, that's a great question. Um, maybe. Yeah. I mean, like, if I could share, how do you? I guess, yeah. If if you know you're not going to be there forever, from an unselfish perspective, it's okay. Like I am aware someday, I will pass Highland Park Church off to someone else. Yeah. I hope, like legit hope and pray, that day is very far away. Yeah. 
but I am aware that the church will not end, or I would say aware, I will lead with everything within me. So the church does not end right. with my tenure. Yeah. Like that would be a horrific, <laughs> that's, awful that's, thing. Yeah. But that's, that's radically different viewing my tenure from the church's perspective versus from my personal perspective. Yeah. And so I, I'm okay saying like I've got an end date as long as I'm leading with the longevity of the organization in mind, because th- what what continuously happens and what can't happen anymore, I'll say it like that. What can't happen anymore is for people to tackle real problems would cause them to deal with a significant amount of pain and frustration that they don't want to deal with. And so they keep kicking problems down the line to the next leader. And that I, if I could actually get all into it, what really ticks me off oh, yeah. is they kick problems down the line to the next leader and then they get promoted. Okay. Because the way to get promoted is not to deal with real problems. The way to get promoted is to have the appearance of success because you just did what was easy in the moment and appeased people. Yeah. And so that's what that's what really frustrates me yeah. in the process of it. But the tendency is that as you kick problems down the line, the problems don't get smaller, they get bigger. Yeah. And so now we have things that have been passed on four leaders down that by the time it gets to the last person, it's an absolute crisis when it was actually probably a much smaller issue to begin with. Do you think that contributes to people a higher rate of exits? Because people kick problems down the road and then the the new guy comes in and they just go, I can't solve it. I'm going to roll out and do something else. Well, I don't even I don't even think that's what they do. I think by that point in time that it's big enough, they've seen the pattern that has been handed to them and they realize I think people exit quicker because at five years you have to deal with real problems at three years. You don't. Yeah. And so they understand if I'm going to stay longer, I have to actually go through some really difficult issues and I don't want to do that. So I'll just, I'll just take the easy promotion and I'll move on to somewhere else. Yeah. At what point do you feel though? Um, cause you said that you felt released yeah. from the position, um, to move to the next thing. Uh, where, where, what was that? But you said you still had problems to solve. Yep. How did that internally that 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 feel for you when there's still problems to solve, but you're released from it? How does that work? This is where our uh, leadership podcast ceases to be a leadership podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but the reality for I mean each- that's a leadership. Yeah. Principle. I mean, you're still having to lead. It's a just different level. Yeah. For, but for each of those, for me, it was a sense of clarity spiritually from God that it was no longer the place where I was supposed to be. Not because I had abdicated responsibility and not because I hadn't dealt with what I felt like needed to be dealt with. Uh, And I would say like no organization is perfect. And if leaders are bored, it's because they're not paying attention to what's actually going on. Yeah. Like no leader in the organization should ever just be like, well, I'm not really sure what to do with my time. I'm not really sure. Like you, you want to figure it out, go ask some people what the opportunities and what the issues are. And you'll real quickly have an agenda for how you should be spending your time. Yeah, that's good. Uh, where, where can you point someone as as in this particular lesson what can they can i don't know how do they resolve this yeah i would my my hope for people would be commit to where you are 
if you get if you are released or if there's another amazing opportunity i think it's perfectly acceptable and sometimes it's even obedient and like the best thing to walk away and to step into it but this whole leadership of one eye on my current assignment and another eye constantly looking out for something better i've got one foot in the door where they're paying me and yeah. one foot out the door trying to network and constantly get a better opportunity that that sucks yeah like why that, does it why does it suck it sucks because it lacks integrity and it like so it's a character issue I, I believe it's a character issue but i think even more than that is you're not actually leading well because to lead well you have to always lead with longevity in mind yeah and if you're not looking at the long term you're never like we've got to always like conversations we're having right now balancing the short term with the long term <laughs> And our conversations right now is let's make sure we're not sacrificing the short term for the long term. Right. But because I believe, the long term doesn't come if the short term doesn't work. Exactly. But I believe like that's a unique problem that we are facing in this moment. Right. And the problem that the majority of the leaders have is they will always sacrifice the long term, the long term for the short term. Right. That they won't see the long term impact. Of course. Because they don't want to deal with the short term pain. Right. Because they're afraid of how it might make them look. Right. By going through a struggle in a season in that moment yeah i i we you know obviously in the context that we're speaking about churches i don't know any and you know we can we can debate successful churches yeah. or not successful churches but if there's people coming and there's a lot okay. of them yeah i kind of say there's something going on that they're doing there's something there's something they're we could doing at least well. acknowledge right. there's, there's something. something they're doing well now we can go through their theologies and that's not for this podcast but for for the eye test as we say it, these churches are doing well. I don't know any of them that are doing well that haven't been planted for at least 10 years or more. Yeah. Speak to that because we're talking about longevity. We're talking about yeah. planting a route, being there for a while. Well, maybe we knowing you not be there forever, but you need to be in it. These guys aren't looking for their next job we could the, the leaders of these churches is what i'm saying yeah we could take it outside of pastoral leadership and we understand that true success in positions happen beyond the seventh year yeah like not saying there's not success before the seventh year but there's something powerful that takes place after year seven now qualifications being someone is engaged Someone is dialed in. Sure. They're not coasting because I know we all know people who've been in the same job for 20 years yeah. and they haven't grown since year one. Why do you think it's seven years? Oh, it's the same thing they say about marriages, by the way. Yeah. After you, after you get over the itch, yep. it's good to go. Yeah. I mean, said serious. No, I it really mean, is. The true. rates are crazy different between the first seven and the after seven um, of successful. I think there's a, I think there's a harmony. I'm trying right now to give characteristics that are true of business, church, and marriage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, how do you do that? I think there's a harmony in the working relationship. And I think there's also, uh, so I think what happens in like the second year of marriage is you start to really see your spouse's issues with a new sense of clarity and this alarm goes off in people's heads and they go, I don't want to have to deal with that for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like they really look at it and they're yeah. like, I don't know if I've got to deal with that for 40 years, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hit the eject button now Yeah, and I'm good to go. Yeah. 
But by year seven, you've actually had to work through some of those initial issues. You've built up a credibility and a belief in yourself yeah. that you can work through those Same. issues and you know you can advance on. You also let little things go. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think in the first like two and a half years that someone's in a position, um, they just, they just try to tackle a couple of the small things and they never actually do the things that are needed and the things that matter. Yeah. We've got about four minutes left. Okay. Um, the interesting thing about this setup that's different than what we've done before. Again, we don't have the computers with the contents and everything. I mean, I know that you, it's in your head and you don't need that, but but the, we didn't name these seven conversations about seven leadership. <laughs> yeah. Like, what would you call this episode? I would like, call it. Like, what is this? Yeah. Longevity. No, you're going to be there planted, rooted, ready to rock and roll, not looking for opportunities, but looking to be find the opportunity where you are. Yeah, I would I would call it um, <laughs> I would call it only let God uproot you. Only let God uproot you. Because what's happening is. Who 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 else can uproot you? Well, you can uproot yourself. Okay. And I, I think what happens is that people um uh good conversation with a friend. Okay. Yes. Um we were talking through the the assignment that they were in, and the difficulty was was um Things had changed in their home life radically that all of a sudden made the assignment their permanent location, if that makes sense. Yeah. It used to kind of be viewed as a temporary, I'm here now, but some things in their home and family life had changed that now this assignment was their permanent location. And they began, like, it was a dark season for them because they all of a sudden sudden saw with renewed clarity all the issues, all the problems, all the things they didn't like. And it was like, it was really hard. Yeah. And I watched them just a little bit and then they stopped. I watched them uproot themselves a little bit. Gotcha. Love to go. If I'm going to have to deal with this and this is home, I don't want this to be a part of who I am. Yeah. And I think what's happening is that people, instead of planting deep roots in locations, they are, they are uprooting themselves as soon as those first roots start to form yeah. in. Absolutely. And I, I want to acknowledge, like, when you're deeply rooted, to be uprooted, even by God, is painful. Yeah. Like, we are in, in the recording of this. We are just coming off visiting what was home yep. for us for a long time. Yeah. And that uprooting... Like that sucked. Yeah. Like that was not fun. Right. At all. But it was worth it. True. And it was worth being deeply rooted to deal with actually what needed to be dealt with. And so, man, I, I would just say like my encouragement to anyone. So let's just talk about this in like in your leadership, in your ministry, in your marriage, whatever that is. Yeah. What if you changed perspective and you accepted, like you committed yourself to say, I'm going to have to be here forever. And so I'm going to lead it in such a way that it's good forever. Yeah. Let's just talk marriage for like just a second. What if every other option was off the table 
And you just said, no, 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 no. I'm going to have to make this work. Yeah. And in order for me to make it work, not only am I going to have to deal with the real problems, but I'm going to have to become the kind of person who can do more than six months. Yeah. I'm going to have to become the kind of person who can handle more than just a year. Yeah. The marriage thing is such a one that you can go to right away, but it applies to so many other places that you have. Rela- yeah. I mean, every place that you work, you have relationships with people. Yes. You better. Yes. Let's just say that. Um, yeah. You better have relationships because you're gonna you 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 work with people, coworkers. You just said that in a in a message the other day. Coworkers. Yeah. For one purpose, right? Yep. And uh, that that is it. And the marriage is the same thing. And for me, it's like I changed my thing. Is what can I? My whole thing was what can I convince them that they need to do better. That's good. Two, what concessions do I need to make in order for this relationship to work? Good. And then when you do that. It just helps the entire thing move forward. All right, that's the end of this uh, this first talk conversation. Conversation over the next uh, six that we'll have. Leadership lesson one. Conversation number one. Only let God uproot you. There you go. So we've got that, which is nice. Hey, thank you for joining us and taking time out of your day to become a better leader. Uh, We'd love for you to share this on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook with all your friends and leaders that are trying to get better like us. Uh, And we just want to make sure that you know that we're available for you. Go to leadinghope.online or DM us anytime if you have questions about the Leading Hope community. And uh, remember, everyone has 20 minutes to learn to become a better leader, make it count.